Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the game, game of, of roses. roses. Welcome to the game, game of roses. roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And today we have a very special episode. As you know, if you listen to this show, I coach players to go into The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And before today, none of their identities have ever been revealed. But today we are humbled and honored to be joined by the first player willing to reveal the fact that we talked about this, that I coached her to go into The Bachelor. She is Miss Michigan, USA 2021. And much more recently, she was just crowned the winner of Big Brother Season 24, the first black woman to ever win the show in America. Please welcome Taylor Hale. What's up? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, obviously, you didn't go into The Bachelor, and we're going to get into all that. You chose a different route in your reality television career. A much better one, I think, at this point has turned out to be the correct choice. But I wanted to go back through a little bit of our history, you and me. And I went back through our DMs and I looked to the first one. So the first time we ever had contact was January 1st, 2021. 
And the DM was from you. And it said, love you. Love the show. I wanted to scream when you all were going through Mari's profile. LOL. So the first thing that you ever sent to me was a thing about Mari Pepin because you guys were in the pageant circuit together. So Mari and I, I mean, we've never even had like a full one-on-one conversation to this day, but Mm. we became a a trainer together. And so when she, like her last week before she went to compete at Miss Maryland USA, we were in the same Facebook group, about five or six of us. And we're just working out, giving each other small little tips. And when you just know a little bit about someone, you root for them, you're invested in their journey. And she won that week. So I always felt connected to her, even though she and I just don't, like, we don't have one-on-one connection um, to this day. But you sweat on the same mat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course, you know, I got familiar with her pageant journey and followed it. And then, of course, being more and more familiar with The Bachelor over time, hearing more pageant girls get into the world and knowing more of their background, it just... When you know so much about a certain thing, I know y'all can relate to this, and people <laughs> get certain details or don't know all the details. No, you need more information. You're saying the wrong thing. Let me tell clues that this is not right. I kind of want to scream, but also it's your job in a different world. So let me let, uh, let the reins up. But, you know, it worked out for you guys in the end. It worked out for her too. Yeah, indeed. So we start talking about Mari Pepin a little bit. Then this began a conversation between you and I about the pageant world, how it was a feeder system into The Bachelor. And I was super happy to be talking about pageants. Like you're saying, getting more information about it because I consider the pageant world to be an extension of Bachelor, like a a precursor to it. But then after looking at your Instagram, I was like, oh my God, she would kill The Bachelor. Like This is a superstar player. And I started trying to convince you to get into the show, to like allow me to help you get in there. And then we started Zooming and talking pretty regularly about strategy with your PTCs, possible limo exits for what was going to be your entry into season 26, Clayton Eckerd. But then you decided to give Miss USA a shot, wound up winning Miss Michigan. And then we started talking again after that, back in April of this year, about a possible run for Bachelor 27, Zach Shawcross's season. But instead, you decided to, of course, go into Big Brother. In my life until this moment now. So that's how removed I've been from the entire world. Zach, what? What's his name? Zach Shawcross. Exactly. Well, that I was going to ask you that. could have been your soulmate. (laughs) (laughs) Not you laughing out loud. (laughs) Oh my God. Hey, Big Brother seems like a better way to find love than The Bachelor. So. It has worked out a lot more for the, the players, the house guests of uh, Big Brother. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, you just mentioned you've been kind of unplugged from the Bachelor world. Have you seen any of the most recent seasons like Bachelor at 19 or anything? No, I haven't seen a single thing. And I know that uh, 19 was airing at the same time as Big Brother, right? Yeah. Over the summer. It's interesting. And we'll really get into this. But there were definitely conversations, open conversations in the house of, oh, you know, I watched The Bachelor and I know it's airing. I wonder what the ratings for The Bachelorette right now are like compared to our ratings on Big Brother. Like there's compared to The Bachelor world, when you be on the show and talk so openly about social media and ratings, it's just something that we did without consequence. But if I were in The Bachelor, y'all know how that would have gone for me. She's not here for the right reasons. Get her out of yes. here. Yes. I mean, yes, th- this is like my the middle part of the interview. These are the questions that I've already lined up. You're just answering them now. But yeah, I definitely want to get into to a high level of detail about that because I think with all these reality shows, The Bachelor really is the only one that claims it's not a game. Big Brother is an obvious and open game. And I mean, you know, part of the intro packages of the people on your season and and with every recent season, there are people that have like charts and shit and graphs they've made and they've seen every season and they've basically written their own uh, handmade versions of like the book we wrote, How to Win the Bachelor. And that's all encouraged. Those people are threats when you come into Big Brother. It's like, oh, this motherfucker has a whole binder full of charts and graphs and shit. So when you came into Big Brother, did you find those people to be uh, the biggest threats? The people who knew the most about the game and had their strategies pre-planned? Well, it's funny because I, well, first of all, I thought that I would be so despised by the fans, fandom, everybody of Big Brother because I'm not one of those people. You know, I'm this Patrick girl that got plucked out of the pretty world and put into this game of strategy and backstabbing and intense everything. And you know, being Miss Congeniality and someone who, in my opinion, was just thrown in there to, to be the hot girl that gets into a showman's. I was like, 
this fandom's going to hate me. They don't want me anything to do with me. And I had more respect for the people in the game. It's so funny saying the game in this context, talking to you guys now, but in this game, um, <laughs> yeah. I had more respect. Everybody had more respect for them. And yes, I maybe should have seen them as a threat, but also that's not open conversation when you get in the game. No, mm. Pace Case, no. What do I call you? Pace Case Lizzie? What the hell? This is all weird now. You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm in awe just talking to a legend right now. <laughs> all the ones that inspired me in the, fir- in the first place. But yeah, getting into the game, it is part of their strategy to have all this knowledge, but not be so open about it because they know that they will be targets. Some people were a little more obvious. Lizzie, you know Michael, like he couldn't hide that he was a super fan. We all talked to him all the time about what he knew. When Michael held open the door to not be the first one in the house, I was like, oh my God. I had some friends that gave me a little bit of information that were super fans of the show. And they said, whatever you do, do not be the first one to walk into the house. And Michael held open the door and I was like, oh no, I'm the next one. So I keep walking. And I'm thinking maybe the second door will also be a door I can hold open. It was not. It's a push and open. (laughs) I had no choice. Sorry for anyone who's not familiar. um, There's a superstition that if you're the first person to walk into the house, you won't win the game. And we entered the house in waves of four. And my group was the second group to walk in. So I was not the first person to walk in through the house. Thank God. It's kind of like limo exits. Um, Let me ask you this. You obviously demolished this game. did anything we talked about when we were talking about coaching for Bachelor help you at all in, in Big Brother? Well, it's funny. I, I don't want to burst your bubble or discredit any of the work that you guys <laughs> do, but um, the games are just so different. So yeah. anything we talked about as far as you know what my persona would have been going into the house or how to navigate certain situations in the Bachelor house or the Bachelor world, it's just like, no, none of that applies to Big Brother. Maybe, mm. maybe how you interact with producers. But even then, the producers on The Bachelor have a much different goal than the producers of Big Brother. And obviously, I totally. can't get too much to all of that. Um, but like the, the makeup of the show is so different too. The Bachelor is something that is edited and cut and aired months after everything happens. Big Brother happens in real time with three yeah. episodes per week. So the story that has to be told the goals are just different from the people that you're talking to when you're working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't be a persona and I have 24 seven cameras on me all the time. Like the mechanics of the game are just so different. So who I would yeah. have been or could have crafted myself to be in the bachelor, you just don't have a human opportunity to exist that way in big brother. You have to be exactly what you are. Yeah. The cameras 24 seven, I feel like is the big part of that is like, you pretty much have to be yourself because putting an act on for two months straight is you'll get real old real quick exhausting but i okay there were certain moments where i was like is that something clues told her one of them (laughs) being the potato chips (laughs) eating the potato chips all the time having a signature food i was like that's something that we've talked about you would think a lot of people have asked me if that's something that I planned on so I can walk out of here with this brand deal. But no, I just love Lay's. <laughs> like I really just wow. love Lay's. And it was, it's like, that's my comfort food. Um, I didn't expect it to be in the house. And I will say I miss having just a stock pantry all the time with like lamb chops and salmon and steak and Lay's potato chips. But I would just grab them. And there were maybe three or four bags a week always in there. And I ate them so much that it got to a point where people would ask me, Taylor, can I have some of your lays? I'm like, they're, they're the house's chips. Why are you asking me? <laughs> I loved it. I, I also was like, there was some parts, and I guess this is just a big brother tradition, but talking to the camera and like talking out your strategy when you're alone, I yeah. thought was brilliant. And it like, Oh, it's very so big good. brother it, because yeah. you have those cameras on you 24 seven. People are watching you 24 seven. So if I'm sitting here in silence and the camera's on me, not only is that boring, the people watching are not really understanding what's happening in my head. Like I have to yeah. go talk to other people and communicate things. I have to talk to the camera so that people at home understand what my overall game is like. Yeah. 
Um, and there were a lot of times where I laid in that bed and didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, Taylor, everything you're saying in your head, you need to be verbalizing so that you don't look like you're just laying around here because people aren't going to respect that type of gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that is similar to Bachelor, <clears throat> knowing when you're on camera and having in your head always like the fourth audience, us, the people watching at home, having that in your head about like, I have to make this good TV. I have to make it so that the audience likes me, the fourth audience. So I think, I mean, there are similarities. I see similarities anyway between the, the two games. Certainly there's massive difference and what you're talking about is absolutely true. The 24-7 being sequestered in that house, never going outside, all that kind of shit I'm sure has like a psychological effect that, that is not present in The Bachelor. And obviously there's not a first audience. The second audience is a little different. Like you're saying, the third audience is way different. But let me ask you this. You made it pretty far into the casting process for Bachelor season 26. And obviously you made it very far in the casting process for Big Brother all the way onto the show and, and destroying the show, dominating completely. What did you find to be, as much as you can talk about, what did you find to be different or similar in those casting processes? That's interesting. Um, I think the casting process of Big Brother is much more about the game. Like mm -hmm. They value the game. You are supposed to talk about what you know about the game and how you would approach the game. In The Bachelor, if you talk about the game, I'm sure they're gonna pluck you out immediately. It's much more of a personal, who are you? What type of love do you wanna find? Like, where do you come from? Um, that's the element in Big Brother casting, but like, no, it's about what are you going to do to win the money at the end? That's the goal. What is your approach to navigating these different scenarios? Whereas with The Bachelor, there's, I'm sure, an element that everybody's aware of, but that's not brought up in casting. That's about <laughs> there for the wrong reasons, if that's the case. Yeah. You okay. I did you have a what was the game strategy that you talked about going in? Did that change once you were actually playing? Sure. You know, I talked about how I was so used to being the nice girl because of pageants. I was so used to having to be the perfect person all the time because of pageants. I want this congeniality. Like I'm known for being kind, but I wanted this little idea that I could be free to be whoever I wanted to be in the house was really exciting to me. So if I wanted to be a villain that could have been valued in the house, if I wanted to be um, like a comp beast, a competition beast that would have been valued in the house, like being- Wait, did you say a comp beast? Oh, that's that's what they call it. A competition beast, a comp beast. Yeah. Who calls it a comp beast? Is that from the fourth audience of Big Brother? I Maybe from the fourth audience. It might have originated in the game itself. I, I'm not a historian of the game, unfortunately, but that's <laughs> part of the lexicon. I love that fucking term, comp beast. God damn it. It's just the standard lexicon now. Okay. It's standard that um, in one of our comps, there was a, uh, a energy drink called comp beast juice, like comp beast energy. <laughs> so like this is, this <sighs> relationship is so well acknowledged with Big Brother and their yeah. fans, the language, the verbiage, it's all intertwined. Um, but yeah, if I wanted to be a comp beast, if I wanted to be a villain, if I wanted to be someone who played strictly a social game, a strategy game, those were things that were, I, I was free to do it and talk about it openly. I ended up having to play a completely different type of game, only social. And I played this game on fucking like super mega duper hard mode the entire time. But mm. you, you have to be adaptable to this game. And Absolutely. You know, I, I could only adapt based on who I am as a person. I love Big Brother and I've watched a lot of seasons of it, but this is the first season I've watched knowing who was going to win. Oh, and yeah. so the first couple, um, the first couple blocks, I was like, I was so nervous for you, even though I was like, I know that she's not going to get kicked out, but you were on the block so much at the beginning, like definitely right amount of time. Yeah. Now, Lizzie, did you watch in real time or did you just go back and super binge it this weekend? I hyper binged it this weekend. And I had seen like maybe some things on Twitter, like people making fun of um, who was the girl who got injured? Oh, Jasmine. Um, Jasmine and her like walking around the house. Um, <laughs> but that was the only thing I had remembered seeing before I started watching. And then I just knew that you had won. And I think I knew Monty was in the final two with you. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, watching how that was going to happen. And you guys were on other sides of the house at certain points. And then 
you know, we'll get to it. But <laughs> oh my God, what a fun season to watch. <laughs> yeah, before we get into Monty and all that, which I would also argue there's some bachelor play going on with Monty here and there. I mean, we can discuss. But before we get into that, I want to know about your just kind of your general relationship with reality television. What was your reasoning for A, wanting to go on The Bachelor and B, wanting to go on Big Brother and just generally be in reality TV? So uh, I remember like anybody else who ends up on The Bachelor, I was at work one day and everybody at work watched the show and I was a very casual fan of um, The Bachelor and one of my coworkers and one of my friends, now I've learned, both sent in applications for me to go on the show. This was 2020 when the pandemic was happening. I think ultimately that would have been for Matt's season, maybe. So I got contacted, sent a video, didn't go anywhere. Next season, because during Matt James' season, that's when I discovered you all. I was like, okay, let's let's see if I can take this seriously. Um, And so that's when I kind of got in the game for applying um, because that producer actually reached out to me again and said, hey, resubmit your application. Let's see if you could have a second go. That's how that worked out. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I was in the pageant world. I was a personal stylist. I had all these things happening. And I just kind of felt like, okay, I could run my own personal styling company and be a big local person. Or I could take a break from reality and see what (laughs) life is going to do. In reality TV. In reality TV. And you know, I know a lot of people get a lot of flack. Oh, like, there's no value in going on TV. Or you just want to be famous. Or you just want to get a quick buck. And it's like, oh, I mean... I could see what life could be different. So why wouldn't I explore that if that's an option in front of me? And I was just most familiar with The Bachelor. And if love is something I could get out of it, why not? Like, did I go in here with open eyes and puppy dog eyes saying, I'm going to find the love of my life on The Bachelor? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? But there's definitely different routes and venues that can come from being on it. So I was like, okay, let's give it a go and see what can happen if my life is different. So, you know, Bachelor starts happening and I'm kind of realizing this whole going on TV for love thing, I don't know. And having to keep up, not talking about what's happening in the real world. Like I love talking about politics. I love talking about really difficult, hard-hitting topics. So to be in a world where all of that is completely suspended and not explored, it just mm-hmm. felt like for me. And while I was a title holder, in February of this year, I got a DM from the casting director and they asked me about going on The Amazing Race. And I immediately said, I've never seen The Amazing Race and I don't want to ruin any of my friendships or relationships by going on a travel around the world show. But I did watch Big Brother last season with The Cookout. And for anybody who's not familiar, The Cookout was an alliance of six Black people. Um, That was the first season where they even had six Black people on the same season. Um, And they decided to make an alliance to make sure that we could have the first Black winner of Big Brother ever after 23 seasons. They united, they won. Um, Xavier was the first black person to win the show. And so when I was contacted after watching that season a year later, I said, okay, well, I watched the season and I really liked it. Sure. What about Big Brother? And as I went back and I started watching more seasons, I saw that black women in particular were just, I mean, dragged through the mud by, uh, by their house guests. They were ostracized. They were alienated. They were called every stereotype in the book. And they were evicted very early on in the process. So I thought, okay. If I'm going to go into this show where there's a camera on me at all hours and it's happening three times a week on TV, on primetime TV, I have to have a bigger reason for why I'm going into this game. And I said, okay, I'm going to play this game for all the Black women who deserve to go further in the game and deserve to win and just couldn't do it. And so I went in there very openly saying, this is why I'm playing the game. And if you have a problem with it, then that's on you. But I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to exist the way that I am and take this all the way to the end because it's what we all deserve. And ended up winning on the 20th anniversary of Daniel Reyes sitting final two, which is another Black woman, and not winning. And that's the closest the Black woman's ever gotten to winning the game. So it's it was all very, very poetic. God wow. damn, that's fantastic. And like everything you're saying, that this is why I'm going in here for this reason, which is obviously incredible. You could never do that on The Bachelor. You could never say mm-hmm. that to a casting person and and want, and have any shot at getting in. God damn. I've always been a very transparent person and like my needs, desires, wants. Um, even in the pageant world, I would say, no, I'm I'm entering this pageant because I like it. 
period. Like I'm entering this because I want to win and I want the hundred thousand dollars that comes with winning Miss USA and being a powerful black woman and having a title. Like there's always a why for me and I'm always vocal about it. So mm-hmm. having to maybe go on the bachelor and do that, it just, it wouldn't have worked out for me because everything has to be in code in that world. Totally. I remember talking to you very early on about like one of the first questions that I ever ask anybody that I'm coaching to go into that game is why do you want to do this? And I remember your answer was like, I don't know. I just kind of want to go in and see what could happen. Get my Instagram followers up. Like that was about it. And I was like, no, no, no. You're going into this thing to become the bachelorette. Like I I remember (laughs) trying to convince you of that, you know, and uh, and I, I was like, I, do you think I could be the bachelorette? I was like, are you kidding me? Me? <laughs> yes. He believed in you. He, I remember he sent me your Instagram. Yeah. And and look, it turned out I was right. You're <laughs> you're the, one of the most dominant champions of Big Brother in the history of the fucking game. I was, you could have been the bachelorette easily, I think. But again, you made the correct choice, obviously. Maybe still could. I don't think the networks are going to want to cross over like that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did not watch the cookout season, but it was so interesting this season because it ended up being a huge part of the plot as well when Kyle is making errors left and right, talking about, oh, we got we to gotta better watch out. Hint, hint. Another cookout this year. And I was in Kyle's alliance. Um, so we made an alliance called The Leftovers because a lot of us in different capacities felt like we were left out of the larger actions happening in the game. I was the last person brought into this alliance. Um, we solidified it, locked in, and it completely turned the season around. But Kyle played a very paranoid style type of game. And he ultimately thought that, you know, we would always talk about what our whys were for being in the game. And mine, first black woman, um, Joseph, want to be the first Arab man. And a lot of people of color had similar-ish whys. And he took that and he ran with it and thought, the people of color are going to come together. We got to be aware because the cookout happened last season. We just need to know what's going on. He never said, I want an all-white alliance, but he definitely named only white people to be in his alliance. And it just, it sucks because I really love Kyle as a person. I think he's hilarious and fun and I really got along well with him. But, you know, um, we had some nice conversations on why he thought and acted on racist beliefs. And I trust him to do the work outside of the house. I will be his teacher, but I know he'll do the work. (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought that that was, I don't know. It's just something we never see on Bachelor. There's barely any discussion of race, even though it has a very similar history where people of color didn't do well for many years. There were a couple people who got through but not really in the same way as big brother and you know what happened on matt james's season matt james's what happened on this most recent season absolute shit show absolute shit show yeah have you heard about anything that's been going on on bachelor at 19 with um what is that one guy's name eric schwer no, all I know is that there were two of them, two girls. And I was like, woo, Gabby Rachel, what went back here? Let's go. And the last I saw was the um, the convertible ad. That's the last I know of Bachelor World. And then coming out yeah. now, I know that somebody cheated on somebody, I guess. That's in there. There's also a giant racism scandal, as I'm sure you can imagine. There is every season now. And there was a, a big one this season, too. The ring winner had a photo of him in blackface emerge from high school. And these these winners are like, they're like my age now. We knew better. Dude, come on. Yeah. And then at the uh, after the final rose, they made this guy answer for allegations that he was dating somebody right up until the time going into the show. But they did not bring up the blackface issue at all. And they had Michelle Young sitting in the audience as part of kind of like an impromptu council of crowns. And she... Uh, has come out basically at this point and said she thought they were going to talk about it. And so she's super pissed off. Everybody's super pissed off at them for it. But they're just sweeping it under the rug, not addressing it at all, of course. Move on to the next season. Here is Zach Shawcross. He's your new Bachelor. And by the way, one player has already been eliminated from that player pool because they found uh, some kind of... What was the the thing she posted on Facebook? I even forget what it is now. It was some kind of apologist post about a rape case, I believe. But then there are also a bunch of players who are now coming out. There's pictures of them in like head to toe MAGA gear and all oh. this kind of shit, you know. So was it about Brock Turner? It was a Brock Turner apology post, yeah. Yeah. Clues. 
Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in Kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm quince head to toe at this point. I'm a quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I nce.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses game of roses is sponsored by better help clues uh we all carry around different stressors big and small and if you keep them all bottled up it can affect you negatively Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. That's what it was. Of all... Uh, don't you wish you had gone on The Bachelor? <laughs> yeah, come on. There's still time. Better and better. But let me ask you this. Did you base your your play style or your persona style on any other reality stars? Like, were you drawing from other performances from Bachelor, from Big Brother while you were in there? Definitely from Big Brother um, because, you know, that's encouraged by the fan base, by the people you'll be working with. It's like, okay who can we kind of expect you to be like, or even when you're doing interviews before going into the house, it's okay. Who are your favorite players or what type of play style do you really like? So I threw out Danielle Reyes's name because she's just like mother icon queen. 
Janelle. She's a comp beast. I love her. And she's super. Janelle is one of my favorites. Yeah, but so you can understand she's super feminine, super girly, loves pop culture, but dominates the game and just kills it in competition. So that's exactly who I thought I would be coming in. I thought I'd be this like big, fun personality. I thought I'd be the super bubbly, girly girl that also just dominates the competition. And it took a while for me to get there just because of the circumstances I was forced under. But, you know, my style is my own style. And I had to play a majority social game, not strategy, not competition. I had to play majority strategy, or my God, excuse me, social, because I was put at literally the lowest position in the social game. I had no choice but to play a softer, gentle more gentle style. You were a comp beast when you needed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come on. I would also argue your your final speech to the other players to win the final vote was not soft or gentle. I to me it was like presidential. I was like, that's the next fucking president of the United States. The speech (laughs) is insane. I mean it was so fucking good. And didn't you win, if I remember right, you only got one vote against you. Yeah. And that was the last person that was eliminated moments before I gave that speech and because you know he wasn't at jury roundtables and honestly part of my game was making sure that uh the person that I thought would most likely have the power to make that decision in the end of who would sit final two I want I wanted Monty to be so afraid afraid of Turner beating him out that he thought he had an easy one on me and you know that worked out I can't believe Monty picked you over Turner (laughs) I mean (laughs) But that's a testament to to your gameplay. Yeah. You made that happen. I mean, it was flawless. Just flawlessly executed. Speaking of Monty, you had a romantic relationship with him in the course of the game. Was was any part of that in your mind as you're playing it? Was there any part that was like, this is kind of like The Bachelor. I'm using some Bachelor <laughs> techniques here. Um, No, actually. Because the... <laughs> well, it, it's different risks different stakes between the sure. bad brother i mean this could have flipped around and bit me in the ass very quickly um and i want to make it very clear like i never got physical I, romantic is a reach that's a big reach like i never got physical with monty um for the sake of the game i never flirted with monty for the sake of the game i flirted with monty because i was 70 something days in the house horny as shit like you just like <laughs> I really know i couldn't make it on the bachelor so Um, you know, for the purposes of The Bachelor, you learn about someone and you work their angles so you can win the game, win the ring, be the next crown, whatever your goals are in The Bachelor. But when it comes to Big Brother, a showman can ruin you. It can destroy you. Like Kyle and Alyssa are light. love, my God, they're so lucky we never put them on the block next to each other because that's just an easy way to pick people off in the game to get further. So when Monty and I are getting physical, we're getting to the end of the game. I'm thinking if we have one sour interaction, even though we've locked in a final two for other reasons, if we have one sour interaction, he can flip a turn over me. He can flip and take Brittany over me. Like when you're down to final four or five, it doesn't matter if you like people or not. It just matters if you think you can beat them. So I don't care what word I've given in the context of this game. I'm thinking, you know, from not me personally, from a big brother person, it doesn't matter if I've given someone my word. It just matters how far I can take them. So you're really massaging every relationship as much as you can. You can best insulate yourself to get to the final two seat. And yeah, you know, I'm going up to the HOH room or having someone come to my HOH room. And this is a big risk, like a very big risk. But, you know, my approach in managing that wasn't any different from talking or interacting with anybody else. Monty said he need his ego rubbed. So I rub that ego down. Um, Turner, <laughs> like, throw out with other people. I know there's a double on top of there. I did not mean that. <laughs> um, but Turner, more of a bro's person. He's a, like, kind of like a big bro. So I just broed out as much as I could with him. You have to adapt to what people want you to be. Um, and that's kind of a little bit like a chameleon in that aspect. So it's just about building those interpersonal relationships, which is what The Bachelor really is. Yeah. You're focused on one person. I had to do it with more people. And the romantic aspect of it was more of a risk than reward where it would have been in The Bachelor. Yeah, you had a, a second showmance on the show, which was Joseph. Can you tell us tell us any more about that? Uh I, I think it might still be going on. Is that true? <laughs> like, 
we're we're not hiding anything. Like we're not in a relationship. He's not my boyfriend right now. But yeah, we have been rewatching the show slowly together. We're staying in the same house together right now. Um, but it's funny because as we're watching the show, we can see the connection that we had or just how adjacent we were game wise and personally from the very beginning of the show. I mean, even we uh, accidentally saw each other just outside when we were walking to the house for the first year of moving. Um, his golf cart showed up too early and I turned around and we locked eyes and I was like, oh, never mind. Like, don't look at this person. Um, but we worked really, really well together game wise. Like socially, we were very parallel minded. Um, I was better at competitions. That boy could not win a competition. So, you know, <laughs> but, like when it comes to an actual showman's, we wanted to keep that as much on the download as possible because we knew that it was a target on us. He's so special to me. Like Joseph is so, so special to me. And it's interesting now being outside of the house and reconnecting and exploring this real romance because there's a whole fandom of jailers that are so invested in our relationship. And like, you can't tell these jailers anything. It is do or die, jailer or bust. And like, I'm, I'm with them. But now I understand the pressures that people coming out of The Bachelor understand or feel. Like, those people are locked into a relationship and have the pressures. He and I are not even fully committed to each other yet. We want to take the time to make sure our heads are okay. We want to go to therapy individually. We want to go to therapy together to make sure that we're navigating everything all right. But there's mm-hmm. so much pressure from these fans. And if I'm doing it on the scale coming out of Big Brother, which, I mean, let's be honest, like, the scale of the fandom is not as big as The Bachelor, but the craze and the hype it's unlike anything from what i've been told unlike anything that people in this franchise have seen before so it's really interesting really really interesting seeing what that balance is like but i get it and i have a lot more sympathy for the couples coming out of the bachelor now that is actually a question i had was do you guys have access to a therapist while you're shooting oh yeah yeah there's a therapist available um so you know the diary rooms you just go in the diary room and say hey i want to talk to the therapist and you can go to the diary room that's upstairs and is that therapist i mean this is something that i've long wondered and thought should exist if it doesn't is that therapist specifically trained or do they know more about reality tv and social media and all that kind of stuff than like a regular therapist might i'm trying to protect the identities of these people of course of course i just, i really do have a lot of love and respect for them um and that's another thing to talk about, just the relationship with producers. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but so the therapist has actually worked on other reality shows. Um, so they understand what it's like being in a reality show. They understand what it's like coming out of a reality show. They know what it's like if you are going through a racism scandal and you're in the show or coming out of the show. They understand mm-hmm. what it's like if you are being bullied and in the context of the show. So it was actually really helpful talking about certain things. Um, you know, I'm sure I could talk about it what I talked about to her because it's my experience, but the horror fest comp that we did that I tapped out of, you know, I had a classmate of mine when I was in kindergarten that was uh, murdered by his own family in his home. So the, and nobody knew that. I didn't tell anybody that, but this horror fest comp was about a killer being on the loose and you're at the house and you have to save yourself. And it was very traumatizing for me. Like literally my worst nightmare is anything horror themed. I don't like forced fun. Like I always kept, or forced fear. I hate forced fear. It's not my thing. So I'm crawling through this goop and gunk in the dark. And there's an audio of a woman screaming saying, he's coming to get me. And I was like, no, 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 this is not for me. But I was able to talk to the therapist about that that night. Um, The entire crew and staff was so gentle and kind and, and gave me the space and patience to manage what I was going through. So yeah, they, they understand the context of what it is. It's not just, here's a therapist that'll help you in real life. No, it is, this is specific to your reality TV experience. And mm-hmm. we want to best prepare you for what you're experiencing here and what you'll be experiencing outside the house. God, that sounds incredible. And I, like, I don't know if that exists in Bachelor. I don't know what those therapists are like or the one that they use. It, it, my own attitude about it, my own conjecture is that that therapist just tells the producers everything that you tell them. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It probably isn't. That's probably illegal. <laughs> yeah, it's probably illegal. But that's it's great to hear. Um, I want to go back real quick. You mentioned that you discussed The Bachelor in Big Brother. 
Mm-hmm. What were you talking about? And and were other people talking about it too? What was the attitude of The Bachelor in that Big Brother house? You didn't watch the live feeds, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to watch. What is up with this? My God, just disrespectful. Ugh. <laughs> um, so we talked about it like we talked about any other TV show. It's like when you're talking you get to know somebody and you say, hey, like, what do you watch? What are you into? Mm-hmm. Um and another one of the house guests, Alyssa, she's like, oh, you know, I, I like The Bachelor and I like these people from The Bachelor and I watch it. Uh, we talked about knowing that The Bachelor was airing at the same time. We talked about wondering what the ratings would be like with there's mm-hmm. two Bachelorettes now, how that works. Um, we talked about how Big Brother, because we just knew the season was batshit. We were like, there's no way that this season of Big Brother is not getting some serious summer ratings. And we were like, it wouldn't shock me if Big Brother ended up being something that beats out The Bachelorette because of the time that it's happening. It's different that The Bachelorette normally happens. They're doing new things in The Bachelorette. Like we're really comparing what these networks are doing, what the fanfare would be like. And then sometimes we would talk about, um, we would ask people what other shows they would go on. Which could you imagine being in the Bachelor Bachelorette and saying, I could see you on the show or you should go do this no. show? No. <laughs> that lie of The Bachelor is really, I think, why we ever even started our show or wrote a book about it or see it as a game because we saw what we perceived the truth of it to be, which it is a game. It's like Big Brother. It's like Survivor. But the show claims it's not. And if any of the players say this is a game, you're fucked. That's it. That's for the wrong reasons. Get the hell out of here. And it's to me that there's something in that lie of it that I feel needs to be exposed. And so that has generated all of this, why we're even interviewing you now. But, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier social media and that that was part of what you can talk to a therapist about. What has your relationship with social media been like? Like, when did you get your first account? What was it? And how do you use it now? What was my first account? It was probably, I mean, if we're talking social media, like, yeah. To go all the way back, I would consider email social media. And oh, damn, yeah, yeah, a purist. She's born in '94, baby. Of course, (laughs) I had that AOL dial up that mom pick up the phone, get off the internet, like you're messing dial up. Um, so I would start with email, that was the first way I was able to connect with people, and then that turned into AIM. Some people call it AIM, I think that's weird. Um, and, you know, I would make screen names on screen names on screen names just out of convenience. I forget what all my screen names were. Um, so then from AIM, we went to MySpace, I think. I should not have had a MySpace when I had it, but I was nosy. And then that transitioned to Facebook. And if we really want to get into like messaging systems, BBM was big. Everybody at my high school had a BlackBerry. And then there was a the transition to iPhones and the iMessage. So, yeah, Twitter came along when I was in high school and there are very specific things I remember about Twitter, um, you know, waking up in the morning during midterms or finals. And the guys would always tweet things like, I hate midterms and final season because the girls show up to school without makeup and it makes my life miserable. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, Twitter was like wild, wild west. People said anything. And that's why I'm not surprised when people get canceled for their tweets from I mean, over 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years I was in high school. So 10 plus years ago because we were all little assholes on the internet. There were no rules or expectations. We were all dickheads. Um, You just have to be smart enough to delete your stuff because you don't align with it anymore. But no, I digress. Um, And then Instagram came out when I was a senior in high school. And as I got to college, that's when Instagram really started dominating everything. And now we're in the TikTok era. But it's really interesting because Big Brother's platform of choice is still Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like the discourse is fully on Twitter. There's no TikToks for Big Brother, Instagram, not really. Like the major discourse is prominent on Twitter. So, you know, I think it's interesting if people want to enter the game for fame, your fans are mostly going to be on Twitter. Like you can't monetize off of that in the way that you would monetize on Instagram or TikTok. I even did a poll um the other day because joseph and i have been going live when we watch these episodes back hey like should i keep going live on instagram should i try out tiktok what do you think and all the responses were overwhelmingly instagram instagram don't make us download tiktok we don't go on tiktok so it's it's fascinating seeing really i think we need to get the jailers making some uh edit videos (laughs) okay there are a lot of edit videos but again those edits are on twitter they aren't posted to tiktok interesting (laughs) That is interesting. 
I'm going to start making some. <laughs> Do you think it's like Big Brother because it's on network TV still? And I think Bachelor is, is in some ways succumbing to this too. Is it an older audience? <laughs> I think the audience... It, yeah, I think the sample size is probably the people that we saw in the house. A lot of the younger people in the house, maybe outside of Alyssa, um, it's like the younger 20s people, they didn't really grow up watching Big Brother. They just ended up knowing about it or heard about it or were contacted about it. But the people who are like late 20s and older, they also, they grew up watching Big Brother and that they loved it or it was so crucial to time that they shared with their parents. It's Maybe the audience does skew older and I don't know it's fascinating because the jailer fans are like little 14 year olds and I love them, but the fans of big brother probably does skew older. So it'll be interesting to see if there's a real effort to kind of reach out and connect to a younger audience or maybe us guests to do that. Maybe that's my job. Yeah. Well, I mean that poll that you're, you're talking about, I think kind of speaks to that, that you're like, should we start doing TikTok? And they were like, fuck no, don't make me download TikTok, let alone make an account or look at videos. Don't make me put the app on my phone. That's an old audience in my opinion. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> or they're like, I'm too young. I'll have to pretend I'm old. <laughs> download it. <laughs> um, we did not talk about your numbers, but you now have 218K on Instagram. That is phenomenal. How does it feel to be in the 200K club? It's like mind blowing because um, I remember this is something we talked about openly in the house. Alyssa went in with around 60,000 followers. Um, Michael, Comp Beast Michael, had like significantly under a thousand followers. It just the incentive to go on the show to gain Instagram deals and you know, brand deals, et cetera, it's just not there. Uh, because the people who go on the show respect the integrity of the game much more than the opportunity to be an influencer. And that's why I thought that people would hate me, why fans would hate me. Not because I was fame hungry, but just because it's the world I come from, pageants and everything. Yeah, Pageant adjacent. Yeah. And when I would talk very openly about, like, it was just the common discourse. Yeah, I have 5,000 followers. Yeah, I have 60,000 followers. Yeah, we should all start a podcast. And what opportunities can come from this? Like, those were open conversations that nobody would jump on other people for having. It was just, wow, like, I'd love to dive into this and help you grow yourself outside of here. How can we all collaborate to make sure we keep growing and doing better things? And that wasn't really something that people were upset about. And it doesn't seem like the fans are mad about it either. So it was a weird mind shift going from, a fan mostly of The Bachelor and then understanding the game of Big Brother and being like, no, it's not a bad thing because we're talking about this as a game and we acknowledge that it's a game. We can get whatever we want. I will also say, um, I think it's just a trend of network television in general. But yes, I'm very excited and grateful to walk out with over 2,000 followers on Instagram. That's insane. But if this were three, four, five years ago on any network television show, people would be walking out of the house with half a million plus followers. And yeah. I think that's the nature of the dominance of streaming in our era, as opposed to network reality TV. Like you just don't get the same numbers as you used to. And maybe it's because Instagram is dying. I don't know. Maybe it's because TikTok is picking up. The transition between what you gain hard numbers wise coming out of any network show is, is different. I don't know. Maybe you guys can tell me about what the numbers look like for The Bachelor because I don't know. They're horrible. Yeah, they're tanking. Really? Yeah, I'd assume if I was on Bachelor, I'd walk out with half a million followers. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, 
It has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. And I won Big Brother, right? So it's it's interesting. We're only seeing those numbers on like Love is Blind. Some of the streamer shows, Too Hot to Handle, season one. That is interesting because I'm like, I never really looked into the Instagram numbers of Big Brother. I would think that the winner would have 500, a million, just if I were to guess. Mm -hmm. And... You know, there's also, you know, other factors that are in that as well as you're the first black woman to win. We see black women on The Bachelor get way lower numbers. Rachel Lindsay was the first bachelorette to not hit a million in in many years. Yeah, it's also interesting because I'm the first Big Brother winner to also win America's Favorite Player. So all this fanfare around you know, the rallying behind America. And again, I'm not saying I'm ungrateful or criticizing this. I just think it's very interesting how social media numbers wise has shifted, but the relationship that you build with the people who are following you is so much stronger. I mean, like my phone is blowing up with the J-Stop. <laughs> they're like it, Taylor fans, Jailer fans. They're amazing and dedicated. And I think the relationship that I'm building with them is so much more valuable than if I had half a million plus followers, but no real connection there. So I'm, it's, it's new to navigate. It's only been two weeks of this for me. Um, and that's another thing, right? Everybody else gets to see that growth happen in real time. I walk out of the house and boom, it's already there to the maximum. So it's oh, a, Jesus, it's yeah. yeah. That reminds me of uh, a story that Adele once told about the, whatever that album was that had rolling in the deep on it. It came out when she was on a plane and she like hit the ground and it was insane. She was like the most famous person in the world over like, it took six hours or whatever of this flight. And then like, and she walked off the plane. She was like, what the fuck? My entire life is now completely different. Um, let me ask you this. You, you talked about you're in the house and you guys are talking about very openly how to help each other hit the next level and 
do social media with each other, podcasts or whatever. What is next for you? How are you going to leverage this championship into whatever the next phase is in your life? And what is that phase? It's been very overwhelming. Uh, my email has blown up with all these press opportunities. I was just filming Bold and Beautiful a couple of days ago. I am very lucky in the way that CBS is taking care of me um, because they really have just been so awesome and kind and uplifting and supportive through the whole experience. Um, and it's kind of like, I can ask for whatever it is that I want and people are willing to help me. Mm -hmm. Ew, emotions. Um, <laughs> not something that I thought I would experience coming out of the house because you guys saw the hell that I went through in that house. It was, it was really traumatizing. There were days where I would lay in that bed and just look up and say, get up. Like you have to wake up. You have to get out of bed. And it's not because of um, the circumstances that were set by the producers. It's just the nature of the game and how people talked about me and perceived me incorrectly at first. So to be in that environment where I felt so isolated and alone for a very long time, to walk out with everything at my fingertips, with Lay's knocking on my door saying, we need to talk to you immediately. <laughs> I was just <laughs> I was just eating the chips because it was fun. And now I have dream. Yeah, it's an actual dream. I, I need that Balenciaga Lay's collaboration bag. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also very openly on the show, continue to say, I want to be in entertainment news. I want to be in entertainment. It's something that I need. And I can't say too much, but people at CBS have reached out and said, okay, let's get that ball rolling. God, that's awesome. You know, it's just an handoff because I've asked for it and I've spoken into existence and I was literally just myself the whole time, good, bad, and ugly. And people are still choosing to say, whatever it is that you want for the rest of your life, we will help you get there. I, this, the, the stark contrast between what you are saying as essentially, I, I would, I would put like what you've done in that game in the same category as like some of the greatest crowns or ring winners of all time in bachelor and when you're looking at these players who are now coming out of this game, like we'll take, for example, Gabby, Wendy, and Rachel Reckia, the two most recent dual bachelorettes, I cannot imagine them saying what you just said about ABC, Warner Brothers, NZK. They wreck their fucking leads in that show now. And so to hear this, that a different game treats it completely differently. They understand the value of someone like you, a superstar who walks in, changes the game, gets everybody talking about it. They want to help promote you because they mm -hmm. see value in what you've done, value in you. Whereas I think in Bachelor, the only value they see in any player, ring winner, crown, regular season, floater, whatever, mm -hmm. is how can we destroy this person and make them cry? And I don't know if that's because the producers are, are petty and they like causing misery on these people or if it's just what they think the game is now but goddamn it's so refreshing to hear this coming like this is your reaction to your experience i i'm, I'm so happy for you and Me i cannot too. congratulate you enough for uh for all of this but that's also fantastic and i appreciate you joining us in your very busy time to come on game of roses it started with you guys. I understood the mechanics of reality, what it takes to get into reality TV from you all. You know, you all saw whatever you saw in me, but just approaching this not as something haphazardly, but as something that needs to have intent behind it. When we first started talking, like I said, I saw in you the greatest champion that would ever come into our beloved game. And it turns out you were instead <laughs> the greatest champion to ever go into another beloved game. <laughs> It wasn't wasn't our beloved game, but nonetheless, I I still you know like I said when we first started talking, I was like, God damn, she has got that thing, and uh, mm -hmm. indeed you do. So despite the fact that you have said none of my training helped you in uh, Big Brother, I'm gonna take this as a feather in my cap as well. Congratulations to you on all of your successes, but I I claim some small part of it for myself. <laughs> I won't be mad. I will not be mad at that. Thank you. Yes, um, and. The offer is still open. If you ever want to go into The Bachelor or Bachelorette, let me know. Do you think that offer is there? That offer is not there at all. If You don't need it. You're going to transcend. First of all, y'all seen Joseph? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, we're jailers too. We're hardcore jailers. And I also appreciated that Joseph kind of had a similar strategy to you. He was like, oh, I'm just like, the pretty guy. I'm going to fake being bad at chess. Yes, the whole lawyer. 
yeah a whole lawyer i i appreciate that the parallel storyline there it works out it works out in the end but uh yeah we we have nothing but well wishes for you and joseph me and my dollars yes <laughs> and and all of your money and whatever's next we're going to be watching you we're going to be listening to you if there's a podcast and whatever this entertainment uh news reporting type stuff is we're definitely going to be keeping our eye on that but we can't thank you enough for joining us and um yeah it's just a surreal experience for me i'm sure it is for you on a level that i can never understand but even for me sitting here watching you on television do all of this shit it, it's just it's absolutely incredible and despite the fact that The Bachelor is uh, it's getting to a point where it's like it's hard to watch, seeing what you have done in Big Brother is like it has brought me some of the most joy of all time. Well, thank Aww. you. That, that, that means a lot because you just don't know what or how the season's going to be received when you're on the outside. So knowing it had the impact that it did, that that's why I went in the game. I did the thing. I'm gonna cry. Well, <laughs> as pace case does some tear play i will say thank you once again for joining us everybody this is taylor hale the champion of big brother 24 first black woman to ever win the game go watch the season if you haven't already it's fantastic even if you're spoiled already by this podcast <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert you need to to get through it, that's for sure <laughs> Well, thanks again, and yeah, good luck with you, everything. Thanks, guys. Thanks once again to Taylor Hale for sitting down with us and telling us all about her experiences in the world of reality television, including becoming a champion of Big Brother and being coached by yours truly. And thanks to everybody for listening today. We are going to be back on Monday with an incredible Digging Deeper. There's a lot of stuff going on in the Sauce Wars right now in the official Bachelor Nation podcast, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwab at? It has been 7,508 days without an Asian Bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then.